What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring your opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 155. A little bit late, but we're here. Happy to be here. Have a good show planned for you. A little bit different than we originally planned. Uh, we, we did have a large section of this for the first time in a long time uh, dedicated to Major League Baseball and the hot stove and the signings and the direction of some of these teams. Uh, but that has changed, and we'll, we'll, we'll tell you why in a few minutes. Uh, as always, our NFL news and notes. Um, and then we have a little thing at the end where I'm going to run down the, the, the entire list of the teams in the league. And Ben and I are going to either uh, agree, disagree, and then in some cases discuss uh, why we think that team is or is not a Super Bowl contender. Uh, but first, Ben, Ben, uh, as you, we all may know if you've been listening to the show for any period of time, a, a huge University of Michigan fan. Uh, it, this isn't a video podcast, obviously. Well, obviously, I'm podcast or audio, anyways. But there's no video element to this podcast. And uh, but Ben is decked out in his Michigan gear, as which is not unusual. But right. So I'm gonna cede the floor to him, so we can have his celebration about the big victory first team last weekend. Because uh, it it was not only that Michigan won, but that they were able to climb the rankings, yeah. and they did it in their own house. Yep. And it, it's there's a lot of things that make that important. But don't let me tell you. Let a true fan tell you. So, ten years, Chris. Ten years. It's been since the Michigan Wolverines have beaten the Ohio State Buckeyes, and. Jim Harbaugh, the current head coach, is 0-5, would have been 0-6 had they played last year, uh, against the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's been a long road, uh, and I, I, I'm just – the entire game, I'm watching it, and it's like I'm excited because they're – they're take the lead, they, they keep the lead, running the ball well, playing good defense – Pass rush is getting to the quarterback, and, and even though the um, – by the way, the Ohio State wide receivers, these three guys, when they go in the draft, whether it's this year or next year, are going to be extremely talented and extremely productive in the NFL. These guys were making circus catches. They were the, – the talent on the field for Ohio State was very clear. The problem they had was the game plan and the fact that the Ohio State – Defense just couldn't stop the Michigan Wolverines running game so much that Hassan Haskins had five touchdowns, five, five touchdowns. Take it out to Jonathan Taylor. Right. And, and, and I think, I think I was third quarter. I was starting to get that feeling, you know, that feeling that you like, is this really going to happen? Oh, this, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the way they're playing, this could happen if they keep it up. Yeah, exactly. And, and, in the fourth quarter, I still had that, like, this offense, they can make it, it – it's like – I don't want to say it's like the Kansas City offense, but there are some points in the season where Ohio State was down and then all of a sudden you, you switch back and, well, what the hell just happened? They're now leading. Yeah. That's that concern I had. It wasn't until three minutes left, two minutes left – and they still had the ball and the time was running out. They were still, they were down by 15, which not insurmountable, but it's like the way the game was going. Yeah. 15 points was going to be a project. And it wasn't until 
they got into victory formation that I had that feeling like they actually won. The scene on the field was obviously I wasn't there as much as I would have wanted to be, but the scene on the field, the student section rushing the field, the overhead view, it, it was picturesque, Chris, it, just a moment. Social media was on fire. I, I was probably tweeting uh, a tweet every two, three minutes during the game. I was, I, I was I, in, <laughs> I, I took the day off yeah. to make sure I could, do, I could watch this game. It was for either celebration or recovery, whichever. Right. Um, <laughs> Cause there would have been a lot of alcohol afterwards. If I needed to get over this, cause this was probably the best team they could have put on the field in against the Ohio state Buckeyes in years. And they didn't try to beat them at their game. They yeah, played Big Ten right. football. Yep. That's what they did. They played Big Ten football. They said you, offensive, these offensive linemen for the Wolverines were very, very good. And I think over the next two years, you're going to see some of these guys translate into the NFL as well. And that's what that's what um, that's what their brand of football is. It's run the ball and, and pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And yep. Let's be honest, Chris. That translates to the NFL. Uh, very well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's exactly what you have to do. I mean, if you can't run or pressure the quarterback, uh, you're. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm just excited for multiple things. Uh, one, they have a chance in the Big Ten championship tomorrow, um, to potentially clinch a spot to the college football playoffs, and win the Big Ten championships. Plus, as I discussed with you, the Heisman's still kind of up in the air. So I don't want to think one of my guys can win it, but you know, you never know. Yeah, great, a crazy hot game could lead to, to, to a possible Heisman Trophy coming to Michigan again. And then, uh, and then when I look at the the NFL draft, boy, I, I see a lot of these guys. Hot first round, Aiden Hutchinson's gonna be a, he's gonna be a top five pick. He's gonna be a defensive end, top five pick. David Ajabo is going to be a first round pick. Hassan Haskins could get in the first round. I mean, it, it is just you. You're going to see. I think if Jim Harbaugh can keep this going, you could start to see that shift to where you have two, three excellent teams in the Big Ten, and they're starting to turn into the SEC. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Um, I'd like to dive into the other parts of, of college football. There's a lot of things happen, but um, we're not going to get into that today. So um, we could probably do that next week when after some of these games have actually been played. It might make a little bit more sense. That way we can see how things are rounded out a little bit more. Yeah, uh, but there's a lot of other stuff that happened in college football that are, might dictate how the landscape changes. Right. There's a lot. You want a good – I will give you this. You want a good guy to listen to on on the ins and outs of college football and what they should do. Find Joe Klatt. He is he's on Fox Sports. Uh, he's on um, in uh, what the fuck? His um, YouTube channel is uh, something to huddle. I can't remember. I watch it almost every time it pops in. But um, he does a great job of breaking down everything. So if you want to you want to get insight on on college football, uh, Joe Klatt, look him up. He's a tremendous follow on Twitter. The guy has insight. He looks everything about the game. 
um, the positives and negatives. He's very, very well versed in all aspects of college football. But to, to, to put a bow on it, Chris, I'm extremely happy my Michigan Wolverines have won. They beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, but we're not done. Hey, that's a spirit. Two quick takeaways from that. One, I knew you were having a, a rather good day because you were texting me throughout like the the second half. Uh, up, to, up 10 of this and you know telling me you know what's going on scores this to the point where i was actually checking my phone like all right am i gonna have to do have somebody do a wellness check or is he gonna be all right um and when after it was over i'm like i didn't hear from you for hours i'm like yeah he's, he's all right he's having a good time uh and then uh the second one i didn't realize hard but i don't even coach for five years it feels like he's been the coach for about 10 or 15 it, I, I i don't know why it just it it just does but um yeah so congrats to michigan that was a, a hell of a win and i was Quite frankly, a, a win you needed for the sanity of your fan base. I don't think you could continue to have that that losing streak continue against a hated rival. It's just, and quite frankly, it's not good for a rivalry either to have things be one sided. So no, it's not. <clears throat> but on to uh, locked out league baseball. <laughs> um, I dude, I have been any again. I said this about you and your your Michigan fandom. Anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time knows. You've been a lot more down on Major League Baseball than I have, and I have stood up for them, and I've defended them, and I have done my best. The 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 lid on the coffin was how they handled the 2020 season, and they're arguing back and forth and bitching about money, whether they're going to play or not, or all this stuff. The nail in the coffin was a couple days ago at midnight when they decided, you know what, we can't agree on money. We're just going to lock out. I I can't defend them anymore. I can't. And quite frankly, with this attitude, I don't care if they come back. I really don't. You know, you know what the worst part is? Is all reports are that players aren't concerned because they're not really locked out because the season doesn't start till February. You know, spring spring training doesn't start till February. And that's when they'll really start to get concerned is what I've seen on Twitter or heard. You know what? I was genuinely getting excited because I started seeing all these contracts like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Now we have something yep. to talk about. Whoa, these are – these are, and these aren't the, the, the Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees making these moves. No. No. You've got the, you've got the Mariners making moves. you got the, the Blue Jays making moves. you got the Cubs making some moves. you got the Tigers making – it's like we got different teams making some moves. And that's like, Okay. Now we got some hot stove. Yep. That's, that's what we're looking for. Cause the, every, every time we joke is like, you know, this is a cold soul season. Cause they're not going to do anything. Right. Uh, obviously Carlos Correa hasn't signed yet, but you know, other than, you know, other than that, a lot of the big names have just come off the board. It was like, it was exciting. And then I was like, and I just saw, I kept seeing that time. like, Ooh, it's uh, the 30th of November. I know what's coming and I haven't seen anything. And then, you know, the first, it's like, ooh, this time, it's getting close to that, you know, deadline, and then all of a sudden, clock struck midnight, and they're locked out. And I just think each side cannot compromise is the problem. Right. And what I let me be very clear about this: what I've seen is a lot of feedback or, you know, rumors coming from the owners slash commissioner side 
is that they're just keep putting offers on the table and the MLPA is rejecting them. I don't see anything coming out from the players organization, uh, players association side. So it could be their offer counter offering and they're getting rejected. So I will leave that variable on the table. But from what I've seen is that the owners are trying to play ball and they're just, they're just making, they're negotiating with themselves. Yeah. Is there just keep deals, 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 and they get trying to make it more, uh, more agreeable to the players and it just keeps getting rejected. So if that's the narrative, and as we saw last year, um, when they were trying to negotiate with the money is we saw a lot of, you know, commissioner side, owner side, all that stuff. And we didn't see much from the players association until like the last minute. So honestly, I said it, I said it then, and I'll say it again now. The, the the best way you should have done this was you guys should have just been in a room, locked it up, and anything that went on in that room should have just been, nope, the discussions are going to stay in here. Because when you start slinging mud on one side, nine times out of ten, the other side is going to start doing the same thing. And, and it's not and it's not productive. It's and, just not productive. And you know what it is, dude? All, all, what annoys me the most is not the fact they're negotiating. They have to negotiate. They're two separate sides. I understand that. And it's not even the money aspect. You know, we, we said it a million times on the show. Sports money is monopoly money. It's ridiculous. I had a lot of people yesterday I was talking to say, these spoiled athletes making so much, how can they be so greedy? Okay, I get that. However, uh, these owners make 10 times a year off of these players as to oppose what the players make. So it's not a woe is me for the players, but it's you understand how much money is being funneled into it because of the talent of the players. If the players want something, they have a right, based on the the, the union they're in, to say, we want to change this. Um, and the owners never want to change, and the players never want to compromise. So you end up here. The problem is not the negotiation part. The problem is the lockout part. It's the same problem I had when people were losing their jobs when all this COVID madness started a year and a half ago and people were having trouble putting food on the table and you got athletes making $10 million a year crying in the media that all they want to do is play and the owners won't let them play. It's read the room, guys. Read the room. Nobody gives a shit if Bryce Harper is slightly inconvenienced financially. The dude makes $30 million a year. Sorry, Bryce. But it's the holiday season, and there's, there's a family of four or five somewhere who's having trouble putting food in the cupboards. And they don't really care if your limo driver has to take a hiatus. Like, it really doesn't matter. So do all these negotiations. Do what you got to do. But maybe read the room a little bit better and, and go behind, do behind closed doors. I feel the same way about this. I feel about about every time you watch one of those those crappy twenty four hour news stations, and they say there's going to be a government lockout. All those words, or shutdown, excuse me, they're only to drum up uh, drama. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The players' association and MLB don't have to abide by any actual deadline because they're the ones entirely running the show. All they have to do, is, like you said, get into a room and say, "Hey, we're not going to figure this out in the next day." Let's extend it for a week. We'll just announce we extended it for a week, and we'll figure it out in this next week. But instead, 
it has to be this stupid posturing thing. Well, we really want to play, or we really want to put the product on the field, but we can't get any any kind of negotiating from the other side that we agree to. It's it's asinine. It's it's stupid, and it's it, it, like I said, the same when these idiot politicians, these fat cat politicians, and I on both sides of the aisle. So trust me, I don't like any of them. I don't have a preference. Uh, when they all sit there and oh, we're gonna have to shut down the government because we can't do this and this. No, you don't. That's strictly for posturing. It's strictly to make one to make. The people on your side get fired up and try to force the other side into doing what you want them to do. That's, that's all it is. It doesn't yeah. solve anything or fix anything. It makes things worse. So, like you said, we were really genuinely excited about coming on here. And and, and talk, we've talked about baseball with the World Series and everything recently and, and some of the potential things that could happen this upcoming season. We've discussed baseball a lot. But we were going to put half to three quarters of the show towards baseball and these contracts and when we when we first got on Zoom today to to start recording, I said to you, I don't even have the heart to discuss this in any real fashion. Like, no. I, I it, it's 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 pointless. They don't want to play. They want to do their nonsense. Then have all these have all these other podcasts and all these other shows that are carrying water for them. Uh, you know, go on and discuss for twenty minutes why one side's right and one side's wrong. This is for me. And I'll die on this hill. Y'all are a bunch of spoiled a-holes. Get over yourself. Get on the field. Or don't. At this point, I don't really care. And I'll tell you one thing, though. If you don't, your league is dead. If this goes into the season, McGuire and Sosa ain't walking through that door. Rob Manfred does not have the intelligence to bring this league back. If he pisses the public off to the point where a good majority of the fans are done, ain't coming back. And it's never going to be what it is again. You're not even going to have NHL numbers in this country. So enjoy these big contracts while you can because no one's going to pay for your product. And then you got the balls when we get to the stadium to charge us $17 for a soda and a hot dog. Like, okay. that that That's, yeah. You're, you're clearly all operating on a, a common sense rational level. And, and we might not see the death of baseball next year, but you're going to start to see the drop in attendance continue you're going to see the drop in viewership continue as we've discussed the average age of a baseball fan is a little higher than every other sport so as those fans quote unquote go away then there's not going to be this next generation moving up as much as they want to try to you know influence younger generation through twitter instagram uh, streaming services, Twitch, whatever it is you try to do, you're not going to bring them in because, well, you're not going to play baseball, especially if you don't play. And I, I just don't see, I don't see how they're going to be able to come to a, a, a solid agreement by February. And you might think, well, Ben, that's like two, three months away. Yeah, but Look what they did last year. Yeah. They dried their feet on yep. so much crap. Not to mention, let's not let's not brush this under the carpet. A team last year and this year potentially didn't have a place to play as a home game until after the season started. Yeah. And I understand the 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 logistics of that with everything going on, but you should have saw that ahead of time. If they can't figure out where the Blue Jays are going to play for any 
stretch of time for their home games, then I don't have hope that they're going to come to agreement. I know the player association wants uh, a reduction in the service time, you know, the, the, uh, to free agency. I agree with that. They want a reduction in how long it takes to get an arbitration. I agree with that. Like there's a lot of stuff I agree with. Um, I don't remember who wants the universal DH, but I'm pretty sure it's the players association. Cause that's more money. Uh, I agree with that because every other league in, in, in sports, Chris has the same rules in each conference, except for one. Yeah. And what sport is that, Chris? That would be the soon to be deceased major league baseball. So much so it, that when the playoffs of this world series starts, you now have to start having this, uh, what happens when I go to this stadium and what happens when I go to this stadium? Like, I can appreciate the uh, strategy of what you have to do, but in the, the long-term uh, scheme of things, it's it's kind of dumb that each conference has their own rule real, there. Real quick on that, I think I'm the only one who really doesn't care about that, honestly. I, I think there's so many other things you can fix with the game, like how come they went from being two and a half hours to five to six hours right uh, and, and look and that's not every game some games do move along just fine uh but you know you get some of these red Sox yankee games where it's like oh god god i love the socks but my god they're enti- you can't even if they're winning you can't watch them because there's six hours because there's lost, 15 pitching changes we lost two years of our lives in oh four watching that oh effing god. series look at I, look, least <laughs> and at the end of the day the good guys won in our, right. in our point of view so i'm i'm thrilled by that but oh my god yeah it was Every, you know, it, it got crazy. And, you know, it's, it's, I just think there's a lot of other things you can fix about the game before you worry about I, a bird at DH. I understand people are saying, I understand what you're saying. That's honestly never bothered me. I always thought that was kind of a unique thing that made baseball a little bit different. But those unique things aren't good when there's so much other stupid shit to annoy you about it. Right. Like, if it was just a DH problem, I don't think many people would really care that much. It's like when when you, when you know somebody and they, they pissed you off time and time and time again, and then they do one little stupid thing and you're like, what the, you know, what the hell? And you, and you lose it and you start naming off all this stuff that pissed you off instead of just, you know, dealing with it as it came. Yeah. You let it build up. And that's a problem. And it, I think people's frustration with baseball built up so long, they're either like, how oh, this damn DH? You know, <laughs> it's like they're kind of throwing it that's out of actually, proportion but that's actually a pretty good point chris because as you, as you, as, you a while. as you look at i look at the three major sports and as you look at the nba they progressively change each and every year they'll make adjustments each and every year right. you know uh the event uh, uh integration of the three-point shot many many decades ago um different rules they look at each and every year you've got the euro step which is a you know, it, 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 it's a gray area on whether it's traveling or not traveling. Um, Eurostep is is kind of – go watch James Harden dribble and, and um, perform a layup, and you kind of get the idea of what a Eurostep is. Uh, it's hard for me to explain. Oh, cause I, thought really that's where, I thought that's where LeBron traveled long enough to go to Europe and nobody called him on it. Uh, it it's kind of no, – no. LeBron does it as well, but it, you just – 
you could if you look at James Harden, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then if you look at the NFL, I mean NFL, every year they're looking to tweak you remember the uh pass interference um review? Yep. Where where is that now? It's it's dead. It's dead. Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work any better, yeah. It didn't work and they don't see advantage of making it better. So and that's that's a sport at the peak. That's a sport that says we're going to try this. We're not, we're not just going to try it in our minor leagues because they don't have one. We're going to try it in our major leagues. We're going to try it during the season, not just during uh, exhibition, um, and see if it works. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, well, it's not going to destroy the product on the field. And at the end of the season, we'll just say, hey, you know, competition committee, uh, we're going we're gonna to nix this because it's not working. And as I pointed out, I think it was last episode or the episode before, um, Major League Baseball has had the time, the pitch clock in, and it's, I think it was 30 minutes have been reduced from a game, and it's been uh, at least a couple of years. Where is it? And I know it has to be part of the CBA, yeah. which is probably probably one of the uh, sticking points. But as you pointed out, Chris, um, it's just these pitchers being a little bit bitchy about how much time they want to have from pitch to pitch. And you'll see some pitchers, they grab it and go, what is it? Uh, I think Evaldi uh, is one of those. And, and oh, yeah. Sale. Yep. They, they get it and go. Get it and go. Uh, to the point where sometimes they're, uh, it could be considered a quick pitch, um, which is fine by me. I'd rather, you know, the accusation of a quick pitch than Mr. David Price, who needs three minutes between pitches. Uh, and, and I'm not going to leave out the hitters in this instance because they're just as cool. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Which could be, you know, it could be a chicken or the egg thing where who started it? The pitchers or the or the batters. <laughs> I, I don't care. For, Clean both of them up. First that I remember being egregious with that was Nomar. Oh no. I, I love Nomar. I, he, I, great I, memories of him as a Sox fan, but like my God, that man would have his superstitious routine between every pitch at the whole glove you know, the glove up and down and the yeah, tapping the, the tap shoes and shoes and 30 yep. seconds just for his spiel, and then the pitcher doing his thing on the mound, and it's like his at-bats would take five minutes for a walk or a ground out, and it's like this is not good television, guys. I no. mean, No, and and I think that's where that's, that's where your point about, you know, getting angry about the DH. It's just it's all these little things that just keep building up, and if you could just progressively clean it up each and every year, take, take one one problem and say okay we're gonna we're gonna hit this problem this year and the next year we're gonna hit this one and the year after and, and you if you did that if you did that you'd have a better product on the field but they can't do that now they have to rectify years decades of just not correcting issues with the game to the point where it's three hours plus each and every game now they have to say, well, we got to change it from about 3, 3.15, 3.30 to all the way. We need a two-hour and a half to two-hour and 20-minute game. You're going to eliminate an hour out of a game in one offseason? I say good luck. But you got a lot, you got a lot to fix up, MLB. And quite honestly, I don't think you have it in you to clean it up in this offseason. No. And I don't believe – I believe when we come into February, when we're doing a uh, after Super Bowl, you know, after our Super Bowl uh, podcast, and we're in the uh, 
small, and I mean small, dead period for NFL, where MLB can can kind of you know get their little niche in there. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the lockout continue. That's my prediction. I think we're still going to be locked out at that point, and <laughs> I have no, I have nothing left. No, I'm sorry, MLB. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, we were all excited about, you know, the, I mean, the Red Sox signed three pitchers to one-year deals. I mean, none of them were world beaters, but they were former solid arms that could have a nice resurrection. And when you have Eovaldi and Sale at the head of the, you know, and then you got guys like Tanner Hook and uh, Hauk and however you pronounce it, and uh, Pavetto, who had real nice years, the, you know, it was, his pitching staff could, with veteran and young players, could end up being very well-rounded. I was excited to talk about that. Um, and... Just a few, like Scherzer went from the Dodgers to the Mets. Seager went from the Dodgers to the Texans, or <laughs> Texans, Rangers. Um, probably better off playing for the Texans, honestly. Uh, Robbie Ray. Lo- Robbie- Chris, I would have loved to talk about Simeon and, and, and Corey yeah. Seager in the yeah. same infield. That would have been an awesome discussion. Yep. Screw that. Yep. Seager went from Toronto to Texas, uh, defending AL Cy Young winner. Robbie Ray went to Seattle. Um. Twins resigned Buxton. Uh, Dodgers had an even worse day after they lost two stars. Max Muncy tore his UCL, which always possibly means Tommy John and extended out, you know, time out. Um, but I mean, no bias signed with the Tigers, I believe. But I mean, it's like it, 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 you're going to sit there and waste your breath on this stuff for a season that might not happen. It's like uh, you know, not that we won't talk about pertinent information when it comes up. Not that we won't talk about any kind of update that comes out of this because people want to know and it's only fair, you know, but, uh, I, I'm good to move on to the NFL if you are. Sure. All right. So we got some news and notes from a week 13. Oh no, no, that was just week 13, week 12, mm-hmm. uh, running back Christian McCaffrey, unfortunately, uh, either re-injured his ankle or aggravated another part of his ankle and it's out for the rest of the season. Uh, if you do not have Chuba Hubbard in fantasy, you get on that. Uh, this guy, another one, man, we always say this guy can be XYZ if he stays healthy. And McCaffrey had a couple of fantastic seasons. You know, number one pick in fantasy by a mile. And then just cannot stay healthy. Um, so hopefully this extended time off again will have him ready for next year. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, man, if I'm a fantasy owner next year, you know, even if I have the first pick, I got to really, really, really consider taking somebody different aside from the often injured Dalvin Cook, the Saquon who can't stay on the field, Zeke who appears to be a shell of himself and can't be Zeke without 15, you know, 15 yards of padding around him but with, a, with a great offensive line. Uh, and obviously McCaffrey who – can't stay healthy, you're going to start looking at guys like Jonathan Taylor um, and, I don't know, even, even guys with potential, like, depending on how the Steelers go. Like, with a with a front-line quarterback in there, guys like Najee Harris could be high-round picks next year, too, but... Can I ask you a question, Chris? Sure. I, I, know we, I know we got a list of things to talk about. Yeah. Um, just want to break off real quick. Yeah. Because you brought this up, and... I, Maybe we can deep dive into this um, more into the offseason and as a fantasy uh, drafts come back around. Yep. With everything that's happened, I'd say the past three years, 
and I understand fantasy experts and put quotations for fantasy experts because realistically we'd never know because injuries happen and everything gets right. Fubar. Yep. Will there be a shift in drafting running backs? And what I mean by that is, you know, predominantly over the past, I don't know, three decades, because that's kind of how long, close to how long we've been playing fantasy, uh, fantasy football. Uh, even our dark early days when there was just four of us playing. Yep, yep. Just pet, pet and paper and calculator. Yep, yep. It was good old days. Good times, man. Hey, I'm not knocking that. It was fun. Uh, spending five hours calculating how the stats though was not <laughs> yeah. fun. But that was Ben's job. That was not so fun for Ben, probably. But no, it wasn't. Um, what I'm trying to say is, will will we shift the the running backs down? Because I mean, I I pulled up. Let's 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 just take a quick peek at last year's, um, not postseason Ben regular season. The rushing totals, Derrick Henry, uh, Dalvin Cook. This is all last year. This is not this year. Right. Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, James Robinson, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'll skip Lamar Jackson because he's a quarterback. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott. So is Lamar that high on the list? Right. He's That's nine amazing. last year. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, you know, thousand yards last year. This is oh, wow. last That's year. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So top 10. That's the top 10. How many of those running backs have made it this year? Ooh. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Derek, the funny thing is Derrick Henry until this past weekend after missing four games was still the second leading rusher in the NFL. <laughs> so right. that tells you how dominant he was when he played. Um, and, and and you brought up and then you brought up CMC, uh, Saquon Barkley. So obviously they were injured last year and they're not going to be behind us last year. Uh, but I can look at this, this list this year. Derrick Henry is number two. Nick Chubb, who lost time, is number four. Dalvin Cook lost time, number five. Zeke, I think he lost some time. Even uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson, I think he lost like one or two games. Um, and then we have quarterback, quarterback. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, Chris, who was having a good season. And what happened to him? He got injured. Yep. So I'll let you answer. Do you think this is going to shift people into just top, let's say top four rounds, no matter what kind of, you know, how many teams you have? Top four rounds. Are you going to see running backs? Uh, I, you will, especially because let, let's be honest. I think I think your first two rounds, you want to try as hard as you can to pick a solid anchor for your team. And round three is usually about the time where you, you don't want to take too much of a crapshoot, but that's about the time where next year somebody might say, "Oh, I'm going to take a McCaffrey. Oh, I'm going to take I'm going to take a Dalvin Cook," because I mean, look. Majority of people are too caught up on names to put down, you know, I'm not going to take Dalvin Cook. I'm going to take Keenan Allen. Even though Keenan hasn't had an a, a, a outlandish, um, you know, season this year. He has 81 receptions and almost 900 yards receiving. The only reason he's not a, a top receiver right now is he only had two touchdowns. If he got into the end zone three, four more times, if he had six at this point, he'd be a top five receiver right now. Uh, I mean, I have him in one of my in my twelve team league, which, by the way, is already in the playoffs and in first place. Um, it, he's been, been tremendous for me all year. Been consistent. He doesn't score a touchdown. He's still getting you know a good number of catches and, and putting up yards. Right. You're going to see guys like that going above your your shakier, uh, more inconsistent, less healthy picks. I mean, are you really going to look at if if you're at a third round pick? 
Are okay. you going to say, oh, man, I'm definitely not going to take uh, uh, an Adam Thielen or a DJ Moore because I have to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? No, <laughs> of course not. Not if you have any common sense. I mean, look, CEH is not what he was kind of speculated to be when he came into the league, and it's only year two. I'm not knocking the kid. He seems like he's talented. He just doesn't doesn't seem to fit that system, oddly enough. And and he's had some injury issues. Uh, I mean, look, looking down this list of receivers, I mean, there is a, a plethora of guys. I mean, C.D. Lamb, as good as C.D. Lamb has been this year, and he's missed a few games, he has only has 57 catches, 829 yards, but he has those six touchdowns, which the touchdowns are obviously huge. You're going to tell me you take, you get to the third round, fourth round, you're going to pass up C.D. Lamb to take a, a Miles Gaskin? Or a Mark Ingram, or God no. Uh, even even a guy like uh, uh, Denver, what's his name? Um, uh, Gordon. Jared Jude. Oh, Mark Gordon. Gordon. Uh, Gordon yeah. up in Denver. You're gonna take Gordon over a guy like C.D. Lamb, or 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 Terry McLaurin? I wouldn't. Certainly not. What we've seen the last couple of years. I think there absolutely has been a shift because there's been a shift on the actual field itself. And I think in, is- fan- in fantasy. You're going to start seeing more receivers. You've seen it the last couple of years. The likes yeah. of Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams sneak into the first round. First round for at least the previous, I don't know, five, six years was essentially exclusive to running backs. Everyone oh, yeah. chose a running back. And in round two, maybe you got the first three or four picks in round two were always running back. And then you kind of got into, oh, I'll take, I'll take this guy. I'll take this receiver. I'll take that receiver. Oh, you get to round three. I'll take the top quarterback. And then you wouldn't see another quarterback gone until round six. And to, to your point, you mentioned when you were asking me this question, a lot of these fantasy experts come on and they say, don't ever take a quarterback before round six. And before this year, I was still on board with that. Uh, but I, I just, I'd rather take a Josh Allen in round two or three, a Patrick Mahomes, uh, any of these guys that are laying up the scoreboard or, I mean, you know, everybody's had off games this year. It's kind of a weird year. But right. can more consistently than say, well, you know, McCaffrey's been pretty much hurt steadily the last two years. I can't take Josh Allen in round two because, man, fantasy experts who are never going to see my team wouldn't approve of that. If you feel good about taking Josh Allen in round two, take Josh Allen in round two. Oh, yeah. It wasn't my mom this year. I had the first overall pick, and she said, you know, I really want to take Patrick Mahomes. Well, take back moms. When would be the right time to take him? And she talked to me about potentially taking him number one overall. And I said, you know what? Most of the time I'd say that was a mistake. But, uh, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you're getting essentially the most sure thing you possibly can. And you're locking up that quarterback position. Now, she was did a great move and she ended up taking Dalvin first because she had a keeper in the second round and she took Patrick Mahomes with the first pick of the round three. And I think that was perfect placement for it. Unfortunately, you know, like a lot of people in our league, <laughs> there's been major injury issues that have really affected our teams. And, you know, she fell into that as well. Uh, but I, I think next year you're going to see one and two. You're still going to see Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry hasn't been an injury history. Derrick Henry got hurt once, and especially if he comes back this year, later in the year, and looks strong, that will not affect his draft stock at all next year. 
you're going to see Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor go 1-2. And then you're going to see guys like Devontae Adams. And you're not going to see the McCaffreys and the Zeeks and everything go until the back half of round one, early round two. And if they continue with their injury issues, you're going to see those guys be third, fourth, fifth rounders. Because people are not going to continue to take the chance of investing high draft capital into players they get to see on the field twice a year. It's not going to happen. Especially when you have, you know, say Chuba Hubbard gets the rest of the season. Well, now he's got, he has uh, draft status, uh, draft yes. stock now. Yep, exactly. And, and now you're going to look at that and say, you know, if you're uh, a player and you drafted Z, uh, CMC in the fourth round, if I'm a, uh, if I'm your opponent, I'm going to say round 14, can I sneak in and get Chuba Hubbard? Because I know there is a high percentage chance that CMC is going to land on the IR. So that's the kind of game that's going to start to be played to the point where when we look at Tampa Bay's situation, when we look at, for the most part, New England's situation, when we look at uh, Buffalo and, and for the past few years, uh, uh, Chicago, who's your lead running back? You don't have one. It, it's kind of you have to handcuff yourself with both running backs. And we might come into that position. And if you're a player, you look at the CMC, you might not want to draft him that high because you need to get you need to get more bang for your buck in those top five picks, is what I'm trying to say. And I think we're gonna to start to you're you're right. The the shift in the running back on the field is already begun. And I I think the fantasy aspect has been delayed because of the experts saying you need to get your running backs. You need to get them early because there's only so many. I think I think we're going to start to see you're 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 going to have those two. I think you're right, those two, and then you're just your consistency of production is eight to ten points from yep. that number two, and you're going to have maybe a third one because if you're correct, you stagger your your bye weeks. You'll have that third one, and that's all you're going to have because that's all it's worth having. And I, I think I think it could be a paradigm shift for the next five years because it was that glossy, ooh, we have these running backs. They're dual threat. They can get a thousand they can get a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yard receiving, or they can get all these catches. But Zeke hasn't performed in a couple of years. CMC hasn't been available. Saquon. That, that paradigm shift to these dual-threat running backs, even Alvin Kamara has been on the list for a couple weeks. I hate to see it. Yes, really I'm aware do. of that, unfortunately. <laughs> I hate to see it, Chris. But that's the paradigm shift I think we're going to see is just that shift from that dual-threat. Um, and I'm going to have to start looking at these running backs coming out of college. It's great that they can catch the ball, but they need to be able to run the ball. Their, their productivity needs to be run between the tackles and, and attempt to get touchdowns, and that's where you're going to get your points. Well, their, their productivity needs to be on the field. I mean, if they're injured all the time and they're they're practicing, it doesn't make any difference. It's like we talked about last year or two years ago with the Eagles wide receivers. It's like, yeah, they have the most talented receiving core on injured reserve in the entire league. Yeah. It's like, well, how can they release these guys? They're so talented. Yeah, in theory, on paper, and in past performance – they're talented, but you're paying people to be on the injured reserve all year. It really doesn't help your team at all. So now if they can't stay healthy, you got to let them go. And now look at the Eagles. They're just basically running the ball. Yeah, but I mean, at least look, at least they 
have made a plethora of bad choices, but uh, they at least drafted a receiver in uh, you know the first round of each of the past yeah. two drafts in an attempt to give their young quarterback some way to develop you know a passing game. And it hasn't, you know, it's been hit or miss all year, but it's what's going to happen with young teams. I mean, <laughs> not everyone has Bill Belichick. So, um, yeah, to answer, again, just to put a, 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 a bow on that question you asked me, I absolutely think there will be a shift. And I think, honestly, you could start seeing some first-round quarterbacks taken. Because, quite honestly, if I have picked five or six and I can take uh, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or I can take Christian McCaffrey – I really don't care if I can go into round six and get a quarterback that might get me decent points. That's fine in a 12 or 14 team league, I guess. But if you're going to tell me I can lock up my quarterback position, I'm locking up my quarterback position instead of taking a chance at one of these running backs because look at look at history of success when doing that. Like, I've had very, very good years. I haven't won a championship since 2012. <laughs> and I, I come on here and I actually do know what I'm talking about. And... and, and an expert is just somebody that people have listened to long enough that people believe what they say right. when it comes to fantasy. I had I did a fantasy football podcast a little bit last year during uh, the middle of the pandemic, uh, and and it was, you know, there's no school for this. There's no nobody went to college to become a fantasy expert. Like you don't you don't know you just live it. You, exactly, you live it, and enough people listen to you before you know it. You're an expert making money to discuss it, which I'm not knocking by the way because I do it in a heartbeat if I had a chance. Uh, but that's all it really is. Like, it, you see people who are experts, and their team is three and eight, and it's like, you know, I've had people come in first year and lose only two games and win the championship, and they were sending me, you know, were were like sending questions to the entire league throughout the entirety of the season, like, uh, you know, what should I do here? Which again, there's nothing wrong with that at all either. You know, if you don't know, you should ask because right. while we're all competing. The fun of it is like the camaraderie that comes along with playing. So I have no problem with anybody ever asking me, but it just goes to show you, you can say you're an expert and and, and, and not do anything and, and be a novice and win championships and both are fine, but that's all it comes down to. There's no, there's no university of fantasy football. God, I wish there was, but <laughs> there isn't, but yeah, you're going to start seeing some, some, some major shifts. And uh, I know I am very much, going to tweak my draft strategy next year uh, because what I've been doing just isn't working. I mean, I have Calvin Ridley in round two, and, you know, he has legitimate reasons for being out. I wish him well, uh, but, you know, he's not on the field. David Montgomery you know, been injured, and he's on a team that can't get their offense going. You know, I have Calvin Kamara, who I took my first-round pick. First first year he's ever had injury issues, of course, much like LaDainian Tomlinson when I took him, is this year, and he's – one of the better players on my bench. And it's like, it clearly isn't working with these running backs and these supposedly high-valued receivers who haven't actually done it yet. Like, look at past performance. Start taking chances rounds four or five and, 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 and further on. Get your lockdown guys who have a history of being healthy and performing in rounds one through four. I guarantee you, if you take a Keenan Allen over a Christian McCaffrey in round two, you're not going to be pissed come week six or seven when Allen's playing every week and McCaffrey's you know, sitting in the blue tent he currently resides in. And and I would just, just uh, to piggyback on what you said, if you're out there and you, you're starting your league or you're continuing your league, uh, 
here's a recommendation because this is what we do in our league. Uh, try keepers, and and, yeah. and before before you say no 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 we want we want the purity. Try keepers because then there's an extra strategy to not only the the entire year, but to the draft. Yep. Because you're positioning where you want to draft somebody so you can get that value the following year, and you have to hold that player all season. I think that's something that that you could apply if you're out there and you're not in our league. Uh, you can apply to your league, and it can give that extra strategy because it's always it's always a thing. At the end of the draft, people are looking at it, like, who can I pick off? I took Justin Fields in the 15th round because I was hoping that maybe he would start and have a productive season. Don't know if that's going to happen. Don't know if I'm going to keep him, but at least it's on the table. But I think that's something that, te- that uh, um, leagues can look at and say, this is an option for us to kind of evolve our, oh, absolutely. our league. Yep. into something a little bit with a little more strategy. Absolutely. But I think I think the top four, I think I'm, I agree with you on that. Top four, you got you to hit. And you can even miss your first-round pick. As long as you hit at least three out of four, you, you got a rock-solid chance to make the playoffs. All right. So, moving on, uh, these are, we kind of went a little bit longer on that than I thought, so we're going to go a little bit quicker on these next couple, because they're not really topics, they're more just like things that happened. Yeah. Uh, Tredavious White, outstanding corner for the Buffalo Bills, Uh, Torres ACL, missed the rest of the year, that's obviously a big blow to their defense. Um, You know, they're playing the Patriots this week, and while it's nice that that'll be easier for them to deal with that defense, you hate seeing a great player, any player, hurt themselves that severely, I would have been okay with a slightly sprained ankle that kept him out <laughs> but uh acl tear is never fun so get well soon tradavius uh same with dalvin cook the outstanding running back for the vikings when he's on the field um tore labrum and will be out two weeks i don't think that's a two-week injury that's especially if they're not competitive by the time he's due to come back they're gonna they're gonna let madison take the reins for at least three to four weeks so well, have they had their bye week yet? Uh, you know, I don't know that. I th- Yes, they have. Yes. They have? Because I had to find a replacement for Justin Jefferson, which was not easy. Oh, yeah, I see where it was. Okay. Yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, so that's a tough one. Mm. And, and look, if they're, if, if they're competitive, obviously, if he's healthy, bring him back. But if, you know, it doesn't make any it, – it's like the Panthers. The Panthers weren't, in con, you know, in contention, and they bring McCaffrey back, and now he's going to miss the rest of the year being hurt. It's so like it, these injuries add up. Here, here is the problem they're going to have, Chris, is that they're in with, – with multiple other teams, they're in that number seven seed. And actually six and five uh, wild card seed right race. And nothing's cleared up in the NFC, um, even for the division leads. The, nothing's cleared up. So there is a possibility that they could still make the playoffs – I think you're right that they have to make sure he's a hundred percent because boy, the difference between no offense to Madison, the difference between Madison and cook are a a large degree. And yeah, if you can go into the playoffs with a healthy Dalvin cook, it gives you a better shot at winning. Madison's great. When cook is there starting to be an off tempo back, like a change of pace back. 
But yeah. when you know you're starting, you know he's starting, uh, and there's no cook, it's a different story. You can just prepare just for Madison. Although, you know, Kenny Naguanyu's looked right, or Naguanyu, I can't pronounce the poor kid's name. Uh, the running back they drafted this past year um, has looked pretty good in very limited time. So you never know. That could be a nice one-two punch. We'll see. Uh, if I'm the Vikings, honestly, the minute I fall out of it, I throw every young potential talent in there I can. I throw Kellen Mond in there. I throw <laughs> I give I give the running backs more time because Dalvin Cook is injury prone. He's relatively young, but he's been injury prone. He's not gonna be around forever. And thirty million a year Kirk Cousins is clearly not getting the job done. So I, I know you're in that situation where most players right now, if you were to let if if you were to let uh cousins go, most replacements wouldn't be at his level. But you do also have to potentially give someone on your roster who you drafted an opportunity to shoot to you know prove they could be the guy. But that's that's a different story for a different time. Um, yeah. Uh, the Bengals absolutely destroyed the Steelers. Um, after losing two pretty bad games and then going on their bye, they came back and 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 beat the Steelers down badly. Um, we're gonna discuss who we think isn't isn't Super Bowl contender coming up. So since he will definitely be a, a conversation to be had there. Uh Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Oh, yeah, I spelled that right, okay. Um says he has no plans to bench Baker Mayfield. Why would you do that? Well, you would do that, Kevin, because number one, we thought you were smarter than that. And two, it's not that Baker is bad. It's that he's clearly the guy you've pegged as the future of your team. Even if the contract's not there yet, it will be. They will resign him. And you need him healthy. And if he's so banged up that the dude cannot complete a simple pass, I'm sorry this year started out better for you and you thought it was going to go somewhere. But you're, if you want a future, especially in that division, that division is going to be something for the next six to seven years minimum. You're going to have to bench him, let him get healthy, and then hopefully you're still in contention when he can come back. The guy's had torn torn ligament in his non-throwing shoulder, and I, and he, he's clearly not okay on the field. He's clearly not right. I completely respect him for, for trying to tough it out. This isn't a knock on Baker whatsoever. I don't feel he's elite, but he's certainly not trash either. Uh, but at some point you're hurting your team more than you're helping, and, and you got to just say, we got to take – you know, we got to take two steps back. Yeah. I, I forgot how the phrase goes. I, I would have messed it up, but you got to, you know, less is more right now. Okay. Let's let him get healthy and then put him back on the field. And when he is hundred percent healthy and hopefully we're still able to compete. The best time to do it would have been this last month when Nick Chubb was in and out and, 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 and uh, um, Kareem Hunt wasn't playing. Because he just could have been like, okay, we should get everybody right. There's seven seeds in the AFC and NFC. Hopefully we're in contention. We come back. We did good enough in the beginning of the season to still be a competitive team with a healthy backfield and quarterback. And if not, just play smart and be ready for 2022. But they didn't. And they're trying to tough it out. This team is not going to go anywhere with Baker in this situation. I know the catalyst is the running game. But you still need something 
to scare defenses into respecting the running game. Right now, nobody's scared of Baker with that shoulder. And 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 this is something I'd like to look at in the offseason. Making a decision on the future for Baker Mayfield with the Cincinnati um, Cleveland Browns is going to dictate what how long Kevin Stabansky is with the Cleveland Browns. And I think he should look at the landscape and see what he can do. And I, I, I'm looking at one thing in particular, and that's the, the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not saying they're starting quarterback. I'm saying, can you dangle enough in front of the Green Bay Packers to extract Jordan Love from them to see what you, see what you can do there? You might not need to give up a first-round pick, but can you dangle enough in front of him to, to maybe pull him out and then you could just let non-tender Baker Mayfield, let him go, and possibly build your future for Jordan through Jordan Love. I'm just throwing it out there. It's something we can dive in and do a little bit more in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't – I think at this point, Jordan Love's value has diminished well past the first-round pick. Right. But that's, like I said, that's for another time. Uh, Cam Newton, despite everybody seeing him play last season and having a rather bad game last week, uh, is still the starter in Carolina. So, I mean, I know they're going with this feel-good story. And, look, it's going to sell tickets and jerseys. Yep. And it's going to be nostalgia for those fans. And I think it's almost smart on the Panthers' part because if 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 you're not sure based on injuries and offensive inconsistency if you can put a product on the field that can win, you may as well put a product on the field your fans are going to at least come out to see. So, uh, yeah, Cam is not what Cam was, but he is still a very likable guy. I never had a personal problem with the guy. I didn't think he was very good on the field at times, but I never disliked him. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you know, it's good for them, I guess. Uh, good and luck. Hopefully on, it's better than they better than they played the last couple weeks. And I think they're on bye this week. Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. I'm reading it correctly. So, look, their, their last five games, and Chris, that's crazy. We're talking about last six to five weeks oh, of the I know. season. Um. It's Falcons, Bills, Buccaneers, Saints, Buccaneers. I mean, it's not pretty. And, and you could, and, and if you look at it, the landscape, they have a chance to make the playoffs. But those last four games, do, do you not think the Bills are going to need to win that game? The way this division is going uh, with the Patriots, they have two games against the Patriots, and then they're gonna they're gonna need to they're gonna need to win that Panthers game, and then the Bucks. The last two to- two times in the last three weeks, I-, I I like I like that they have hope that they can win, but I look at their schedule and I don't think they have a chance. So I think you're right. Just just put the put the best fan product on the field you can. That's going to give excitement to maybe the next season. Yep. And and Cam's going to sell you tickets, like you said. Cam is a great figure in the Carolina area. And I think that's the best move for them right now. And they just decide what they're going to do next year. Who knows? You, I think you've talked about uh, Rogers before to, to Carolina. I think Denver before. personally, but um, I know you mentioned someone at some point um, to Carolina and I think I there's who now. Yeah. I, 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 oh. I know. I, I think you mentioned it. It could be something as, as crazy as, as Russell Wilson getting traded to Carolina, which I don't think is, not out of the realm of possibility of him getting traded. 
I think back there was a, a supposed deal for CMC and tra- draft picks to go to Houston for Deshaun Watson. And I'm looking at that, Mike. You almost think, boy, you wish they would have done that. And then you think of the other side, boy, they probably, I, I don't know. That deal, it's like CMC is not, not working out, but then no. I don't know if Deshaun Watson would have worked out. So it's that, like, yeah. So even if it, like, it, <laughs> he hasn't played because the Texans have said they're not going to play him. But let's face it, the Texans said they were going to start him. The league may have stepped in and said, no, you're not. Right. So, so I don't know, Chris. It's almost like the long term. CMC just, I, I, that's all I think about is like what, what you could have done to wheel and deal CMC because I know there was there's rumors out there that they were going to deal him, but I think they just wanted to hold on to whatever hope they had of Sam Darnold and, and Christian could could perform, and it's obviously not the future. Uh, the future of the Carolina Panthers is. You need to build more defense because that defense is real. Oh, that yeah. defense is real because they, they, they took it to the Patriots when they faced them. Uh, unfortunately, they had nothing on offense to, to show for, uh, especially when Sam Donald's throwing picks to the Patriots again. Uh, oh, something's never changed. It's good at least been at least some consistency in the league this year. I, I like that. I do um, like that. I, I just, I just, yeah. for the Carolina Panthers, they, they might, might, might just want to overhaul their offense and just continue to build on defense and see what they could do. Chuba Hubbard's a pretty good running back. Yeah. Uh, I like what he did in college. Uh, God, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. Can't remember which one. Uh, a Texas school. I know he went to a Texas school. But uh, I, I think you just – you just got to – you got to see what – see what's in free agency. The biggest mistake was probably Teddy. Probably Teddy. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Consistent performer. Uh, not, not, not flashy. Not going to give you high stats, but put enough pieces around him. He would have been productive. Uh, I agree. Yeah. He's very underrated. Uh, We've always been Teddy fans too. So, um, uh, real quick, we're going to get into this in our next segment. Uh, but Patriots have looked awesome. Uh, they look great against the Titans, uh, who, you know, everybody said they were still the better team. So I don't want to hear now the Patriots, you know, went in there and manhandled them that all of a sudden it's now, well, they were so banged up. Yeah, that's so, the narrative, Chris. That's the have, narrative. Yeah, that's fine. Let it be a narrative. Guess who doesn't give a shit about a narrative? The team raised the Lombardi Trophy when the year's over with. So true story. narrative that. Uh, yeah, there's a huge upcoming game with the Bills this Monday. Uh, one of the bigger games of the season at this point. Very much looking forward to that. Either way, I think that's going to be a very, very exciting game. Uh, I think that game very well could come down to the last possession, regardless of who wins. And <laughs> you, you, you tweeted, you, you sent me a uh, text to this couple, couple well, about a week ago actually. Antonio yeah. Brown supposedly supplying a fake vax card and vaccination card and all that, and like, well, we don't know if it's true or not. Well, apparently it is. <laughs> uh, because he's been suspended three games for misrepresenting his vaccine status. Uh, apparently it's good enough for, uh, you know, Antonio Brown. Aaron Rodgers is fine because he's the NFL's lapdog. Um, but, you know, it, it, again, it. <laughs> I, 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 th- I know we're in the same boat on this. I'm not judging anybody whether they are or are not vaccinated. It's not my place. It's your personal decision. 
But don't say you are if you're not. Because there could be people that are high risk and they think they're good around you and they're not. And it's just, it's not, it's not something you have to lie about. It just makes you look bad because you're just, you're, you're not being honest. If you're not vaccinated, you say you're not vaccinated. I'm not going to judge you for that personally. I know people who are, I know people who aren't. And I don't judge them one way or the other. But it's really stupid to say, oh, totally. Here's my fake card I took the time to get. <laughs> and then <laughs> Devin find out it's BS. It's just stupid. And and I think, Chris, if we look at that, um, I, 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 first off, first off, Antonio Brown screwed up because, again, he can't pay his debts. This is his problem. That's number one. Because it was a cook that outed him. A cook? I think it was a cook, a dietitian, someone, someone he hired who he didn't pay, which – Stuns nobody because he has this problem of not paying people for doing a service. Um, outed him because he wouldn't pay the the bill. And I think I think there's a greater issue here where Antonio Brown still hasn't figured out how to be a grown up. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and everyone, I don't know what Tom Brady's thinking. I get the idea that he's a talented player. He helps the offense. He's he can run all the routes you want, deep, short, intermediate, all of them. I get the talent, but when the talent is causing more problems off the field than he's causing on the field for the opposing defense, you might need to move away. Because right now, if you looked at that story, there are three players that got suspended. Two yeah. of them active yep. for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and one of them who was released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in August. Um, do you see the common denominator there, Chris? Yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's, and I believe Mr. Uh, Bruce Arians came out and, and uh, said that uh, his team was hundred percent vaccinated. I believe. I will stand corrected if, if if there's proof out there that he didn't say. That. I didn't see that, but I, I also didn't can't prove it isn't. So, um, but and I'll retract it if he, he didn't say that. But I'm pretty sure I heard that he said his team was 100% vaccinated. So, I think the league should start to look at that team, and I'm not trying to punish that team I'm, because Tom Brady's there. I love Tom Brady for what he's done, but if there's three people on one team that have fake vaccine cards, you start yeah. having where there's smoke, start, there's fire. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You have to start looking. Yeah. And I want to push back a little bit on the, the Aaron Rodgers correlation. I agree that it, he should deter, he should state one way or the other. The problem, the problem is, is Antonio Brown got a card fake. And he's stating that he's vaccinated. What Mr. Mr. Rogers did was he was very murky about what he said. And that's yeah, the problem. I, <laughs> that's the problem yeah. with Aaron Rodgers is that he was very, very precise about what he said, because then you can't say he, he wasn't vaccinated. You can't say he said he was, he was just very, 
He played the game smart. Is what I get did. it, and that's what Aaron Rodgers does, which is why people seem to still love him, despite the fact he is just an outstanding D-bag. Um, it, <laughs> this is a history. This is a pattern. Let me do a yeah. very. We're gonna get through our last segment real quick because we're running long here. Yeah. But <laughs> it was just a very short history. Okay. Tom Brady got dragged through the Supreme Court and suspended for four games for something that could be proven, disproven by a third grade science project and anyone who's ever lived anywhere where it's cold ever. Okay. Correct. Aaron Rodgers admitted, stated, he also enjoys altering, as, as well as Eli Manning, everyone's right. favorite derp out of New York, loved, and, and, loved, and... loved, admitted that they both admitted they both altered the weight of the balls when they were on the field. And, and it was proven, and it was, Chris, yes. the, the two people that were the the cause of this um, altering of the balls was one, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. They were the two that started to do these kind sure. of things to the balls. So what the f- – And everybody knew it and everybody admitted to it, but it was only a problem <laughs> when they needed something to go after him for. Aaron Rodgers admits he does it. Nothing. Nobody cares. It's fine. He's still everyone's favorite – league lap dog it's cool okay so now we come to this thing where he uh, mis- said he was uh immunized but he wasn't and then he found out he wasn't vaccinated he got covid whole nine yards okay cool he got a thirteen thousand dollar fine for people can say it's 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 shifty language all they want and i get that but it, the league doesn't care if you talk that way and you're not truthful with what you say you get penalized for it unless you're Aaron Rodgers. He gets a slap on the wrist. He makes $35 million a year through just his contract, never mind endorsements, which he has numerous of. $13,000 fine. C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys didn't tuck his shirt in I know. two weeks in a row and got a $50,000 fine. So tell me where the logic is there. The logic and, now, is- and now Antonio Brown and two other guys from Tampa get found out that they weren't honest about their VAC status, three-game suspension, Aaron Rodgers got the media carrying water for him the following week he came back, like, oh, my God, our savior is here. And nobody seems to care anymore. No matter what this guy does, it's amazing. He's just, I don't get it. It's the definitiveness. Now, Now, Tom Brady is the outlier because that was Goodell with a mission to go out and screw the Patriots. And you can, you can say that's a boohoo Patriot fans all you want. Facts are the facts. Everything's been laid out about that situation, and it was clear Goodell slamming his hammer down, trying to punish the Patriots because he underpunished them for Spygate. Okay, pound sand. What I think with all these other situations is it's pretty clear that the player either broke a rule or didn't break a rule. All right, CeeDee Lamb broke a rule. I don't agree with it. I think it's it's a bullshit rule. Stupid, completely stupid. Um, Clearly, Antonio Brown and two other ones broke a rule because they decided to definitively state with a proof that they were vaccinated. It's because Aaron Rodgers is a shifty mother that he got away with it. With a Chris, I'm not even calling it a slap on the wrist because if you call it a slap on the wrist, you're insulting the entire. Um, um, working force of society because for a player of that status getting paid that much 
that is not even a slap on the wrist. He basically went into his couch cushion and found that 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 um that uh find and said here league and threw it at their face. He wipes his ass with that much money. That's how much he makes. Well he's so, spending on a haircut, so clearly it's it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. I, I just think I agree with you about Aaron Rodgers should have got punished more. It's just the I think it's the CBA and the way they, that players are punished. He didn't clearly identify what his status was. He was very murky about it. And I, and I, but I agree with you that the NFL is going to err on the side of caution because a, they don't want a repeat of, of Tom Brady, because tell me this, if they find him $2 million, and suspended him for two games. Do you not think Aaron Rodgers would drag them through the Supreme Court? Because I believe he. Would. Of course, and look by the by the way the system set up, that's his right to do so. I think he would. But, I, don't, I think he would go all in and oh, try yeah. to get it overturned. Because no, I honestly, think, he'd probably just retire. Who knows? I, I don't know. It's it's just there's clearly a double standard, and my my feelings on Rodgers have never been secret, and I take nothing away from the guy on the field. He is ultra talented. Uh, he's not as good as Tom Brady, let's be real, but he's ultra talented. Uh, but uh, there's a double standard. Whenever he does something, there's always somebody in the media justifying why it's okay. And some other young player does the same thing, and it's a problem. And I, there's clearly the Rodgers rule. You got the Rodgers rate with those commercials. You got the Rodgers rule in the NFL for real. So uh, anything Aaron does is reduced to 80% of the original power. Eventually, it won't matter because the the talent, as it as you know, when the talent goes away, then the player will go away. Yeah. All right, real quick, what we're gonna do? I, I have a, a spreadsheet here of all the teams in the NFL. Uh, the first half of this is gonna be real quick. I have a feeling uh, they're in order of current standings, uh, not okay. including yesterday's game between the uh, the Saints and the Cowboys. So if that changed anything, it is what it is. But this, as of Tuesday was the actual standings from top to bottom in the entire or bottom to top in the entire league. Yeah. I'm just going to read the name and you tell me whether not whether you think they'll win the Super Bowl, but whether they have the team that if they go on a run could potentially see themselves in the game and win the game. Um so I just want to add some context to it there because there's a lot of these teams I think could that I don't think will. But, you know, we'll get there. Okay. Lions. Uh, no. That was a no-brainer. Jaguars. No. Texans. No. Jets. No. <laughs> I almost filled that one out for you. Seahawks. No. Giants. No. Bears. No. Football team. Eagles? No. Dolphins? No. Panthers? No. See, we're moving right along. Saints? No. Vikings? No. Falcons? No. Colts? Yes. <laughs> Dude. That's my first yes, too. We are absolutely 100% in an agreement the entire way up to here, okay? Um, Browns? No. Steelers? No. <laughs> that was emphatic. 49ers? 
Yes. Chargers? Yes. Raiders? No. Broncos? No. Rams? Yes. This is our first disagreement. I have no. Uh, I understand why you would say yes with the talent. Stafford has never, ever, ever in all his time in the league. I know he's a good quarterback, and I give him credit for that, but Phillip Rivers has had more wins against big opposing opponents every time than, than Stafford has. Every time it's a big game, mm-hmm. Stafford crumbles like a 2,000-year-old statue. He has never in his career, and I could not believe this stat was real, he's never in his career defeated a team that's higher than five games above 500. Interesting. So Interesting. With the big game on the line, Stafford's not Stafford's not the guy, unless he can prove otherwise. I'm not rooting against him. I like the guy, but Chiefs. Yes. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Cowboys is a tricky one. Yeah, I agree. I, I gotta say, I gotta say yes. I said yes, too, but I understand the hesitation because they have not looked great the last month or so. But the talent's there. Yeah. Bengals? Yes. Bills? Yes. Titans? No. Patriots? Yes. Buccaneers? Yes. And I assume Ravens, Packers, and Cardinals will all be yeses as well. Ravens, yes. Packers, yes. Cardinals, yes. So the literally the only one we disagreed on the entire and we did not talk about this ahead of time or anything. No, you did not know how the format of this, how this was going to go. This was literally just sprung on you right this second. The only one we disagreed on was the Rams, and that's not even like a strong disagreement. I think that's just more like a uh, flip a coin. I feel like so you're going stat based, all the facts on the table. I feel like there's an unknown with Stafford having a successful. Uh, team around him with weapons. I just think there's not enough proof on the table yet to tell me, A, they can't win. I, I think I think as we go through this season and into this playoffs, I clearly think they're going to make the playoffs, whether they win the oh, division yeah. or yeah. not. I want to see what playoff Stafford looks like when he's got a lot of pieces. Henderson's playing pretty good. He's got Cooper Cup. I know he doesn't have Woods anymore. But I think all the pieces around him, and they're, you know, they've got a lot of pieces on defense. I just want to see what they got. I, I want to see a game with Stafford in the playoffs because we didn't see it much in, in Detroit, no, if it, at all. Yeah, yeah. And that's my only thing. I 100% agree. This is by far the more, most talented team Stafford's ever been on. And it's it's well he's a talented guy. Um, the fact he's never won a big game has a lot to do with the crappy team he was on the first previous parts of his career before the season. But I just got to see it first because any time there's been a big game this year against a competitive team, he has not been the same quarterback. Yeah, I'll throw for three hundred yards, but half of that's in garbage time when it's already over. Uh, I just I personally need to see it first. But look, it wouldn't surprise me. They get in the playoffs and they go on a run. They got the talent to do it, without a yeah. doubt. Without a doubt. But I I, I, I got to see it. He's He hasn't been swimming in them deep playoff waters, man. It's a whole different a whole different game when you get in there. And if he can't win big games in the regular season, 
I don't have a lot of faith in the postseason, but we, we just, will see. We will see because I think they'll make the playoffs, so we'll, we'll find out. I, I think he's got a lot of experience on defense with playoff experience, even a Super Bowl run. It, it, it just tells me that if they can be cohesive on defense, I think they can make it work. Now, can they clean that up? I don't know, but they got a lot of talent on defense. That's yeah. what I'm looking at. I'm not even – Chris, I'm not even factoring Odell. No, I'm I'm not, saying, not yet. I haven't seen enough, not yet. I'm saying Henderson, Stafford, Cup. Uh, I know they're tight end Higby. I think that right there is enough to get them. And don't I sleep, don't Je- sleep on Van Jefferson. Yeah, I was going to say. He looks, he looks say, good, Van, yeah. Van Jefferson, too, is going to pick up some of the slack that uh, Woods is, is, is um, left on the table. And oh, Odell looked good last week. So we'll see. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. Right now, I'm not factoring him in. But I just think that defense should play up and and give them an opportunity, to put them in a position to win. But I think if we get into wild card weekend, if they're playing wild card weekend, and the defense gives them an opportunity, and Stafford breaks down in that moment, then I think they'll be 100 right on that. I think that's that's what I'm looking for. That's my proof is in that moment where the game's on the line in a wild card game, will Stafford step up and, and hit his targets minus Woods? Because obviously Woods would make it uh, immensely easier just because of his ability to get open. But I think that it, defense will put him in a position. Here's the thing, too. I've seen reports, and I don't know how it's even possible, that if they made the playoffs, Cam Akers might be back. Didn't he... Uh, Tore his ACL in preseason or in training camp. But I, I, I heard, mean, I heard he's moving along so well. I'd have to see that to believe it because that is really quick for an ACL, for a running back especially. But we'll, Chris, we'll see. But I, I don't bank on that. But I've, I've, I've heard it. I, I get it if you're Cam Akers. You want to get back on the field. Boy, I, you're still young. You haven't even come close to your second contract yet. You haven't produced enough to get that big second contract. Yeah. I would slow play this as much as you can come back next year. And if they have to do this somewhere where you have an opportunity to be a lead running back, there are plenty of teams that could use a cam makers with oh, his sure. skill set. Sure. I would just not, I wouldn't push because that ACL injuries, nothing to play around with. I agree. Uh, having said that uh, banker tank results from last week. Uh, I don't, we don't have, I don't, at least. Um, that completely set my mind. My banker tank picks. Uh, we will definitely get those and post them up before uh, Sunday's fine. games. Um, if you want to read yours, we'll read ahead. Okay. Um, but we'll just go over last week. Yeah. I was two and four. You were four and two. Tammy was three and three. So you and I once again locked up. We are tied at thirty nine and thirty three for the year. Tammy is thirty one and thirty five. She's making a comeback. She's making you know making a nice run of it. Uh, so I will get mine and post them. Uh, she has already sent hers in, uh, and uh, we will hear yours now. I am going uh, Joe Burrow, Miles Gaskin, and Hollywood Brown. Okay. I got it right this time, Chris. I remembered which one I got. I chose. Uh, and for Tank, Kirk Cousins, Saquon Barkley, and Stefan Diggs. All right. And uh, if you want to text those over to me so I can add them to the spreadsheet here, will do. I will. I will do that and i will send you mine and uh, mom's as well that way we have everything everything everybody's uh, full disclosure on everything yes uh but if it's not anything else we will get out of here you good i'm all set
All right. Thank you very much for listening to episode 155. We greatly appreciate your support. If you have any questions on anything you heard on this episode or past episodes, Ben and I'd love to hear from you and where to get in touch with us. Well, you can hit us up on Twitter at BCTSPod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, the website, BCTSPod.com, and Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. All right, there we go. Thank you very much. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and then ask a friend to do the same. We normally say tell a friend, but it sounds a little bossy. You can probably just ask. Probably get a lot farther than just telling someone what to do. But on that note, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here, hopefully Wednesday, but if not, definitely sometime next week. Thank you.